Amen. But we're going to call upon the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. As we're saying, we go to the word of the Lord tonight. Isaiah, the 43rd chapter. Let's just read one verse tonight. Isaiah 43, verse 7. Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. We are called by his name, and we are created to bring him glory. Amen. Tonight is part two of uh, our series, For His Name's Sake. For His Name's Sake. Turn and do a wave at some people as you're seated this evening. Man, last week we began the series for his name's sake, tying the information um, and tying it to the formation and purpose of Israel, uh, the, the beginning and the founding of the, the, the nation of Israel was directly tied to the name of the Lord. And since God really, really, really cares about his name and about his reputation and his glory, he keeps a watchful eye on anyone that is tied to his name. I'm thankful that I'm tied to his name, that I was buried with his name. Amen. That means God's really looking out for us. And Israel was and is the only nation to have ever existed that God himself specifically placed his name upon that nation and declared that this, these are my people. And as we know, Israel didn't care too much about the name of their God because they became focused upon their own name and their own needs and their own wants. And because Israel abandoned his name, God removed his name from them. And thus, when God did that, he removed his glory, his power, his protection, his provision. And so when God does that, uh, you're just really a sitting duck when he removes uh, his hand and his name out of your life. There's nothing else good that can come your way. Uh, and so because we saw Israel do what they did regarding the name of the Lord, hopefully that we can learn a little something from their errors. Because we too are called by that most holy name of Jesus. Before we went under water, we called upon the name uh, that is above every name, and we were buried with the name of Jesus in the waters of baptism, publicly declaring that by me getting baptized in Jesus' name, I am going to live this new life, not for my name, but for the name that saved me. And that name that washed away my sins and washed away my past and my faults and my mistakes. And if I want to use the name of Jesus to erase my past and start over, then going forward I had better make everything about Him. And make everything about bringing glory to His name. Because once we take on and took on the name of Jesus, we essentially we sign a contract, a covenant, a document stating that your name does not matter anymore. Out there in the world, 
your name means everything to you. But in the church, the only name that means anything is the name of Jesus. And by you being here signifies that you are okay with that. And if you're not okay with that, well, let me tell you, you're in the wrong place. 2 Corinthians 4 says, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And so we're not preaching about ourselves. We're not preaching our name. We're not exalting ourselves. We're, we're admitting that the power is of God and has nothing to do with us. It has nothing to do with our good deeds or whatever good things we try to do. It's got to be all about him and not about us. We can't use his name to make us look good. Because he doesn't share his glory. We can't use his name as a license to do whatever we want. We can't use his name for selfish pursuits. And people do it all the time and they think they're, they're getting away with it. But you know that God tracks you better than any government does. And they're doing a decent job and they're really working hard to track you even better. Don't worry about that. With all this coronavirus going on, the CDC implemented this thing. It's called contact tracing, where they want to track everybody that has uh, COVID, and they want to go up and talk to them and find out all their information and find out every single person they talk to, and they put their names on a list, and then they go... And they start with that new list of names, and they want to keep. They want to track every single person, uh, but God does even a better job tracking than the contact tracers out there. Nothing's going to get by our God because He sees everything, especially those that are called by, by by His name. He sees you where you're at. He knows what you're going through, and nothing's going to get by our God because we are called by His name and created for His glory and for His purpose. But people that uh, use His name for their own glory. Uh, that does not get by God. They may seem like they're getting away with it, but God takes good notes. We see this in Matthew 7, verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. These people will do all these great works in the name of Jesus, and Jesus is going to say, I don't even know who you are. 
Because you're just somebody that is using my name for your own glory. And you didn't take time to talk with me and pray with me and walk with me. And you just wanted to use my name and the power that is in my name. And I can assure you that God uh, will not let any of these people go uh, that use his name for their glory. I can assure you that God does know everyone that is called by his name and every born-again believer, every child of God, because Galatians says, because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ Jesus. When we speak in tongues and the Spirit uh, makes intercession for us, odds are that we are saying words like Abba, Father, which is indicative of a special relationship that you have with God because only the Spirit can utter those types of words. And so all these people that believe in the name of Jesus and his power that's in the name but don't believe in speaking in tongues and don't believe in the infilling of the Holy Ghost are going to be in a real pickle. Unless they really get a hold of Jesus. And if you haven't looked around lately, the time is running out to figure out whether you're in this or you're out of this. Or either you have both feet in it or you got both feet out. Uh, Either you're going to be hot or cold. And there's no time for lukewarmness because time is of the essence and time is running out. Our text says, even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. If we are called of God, then the calling in our life is for one purpose and one purpose only, that is for his glory. And God didn't call us because we were somebody special or because we were so gifted or uh, that God said, I just, I can't build my kingdom without that person, I need to get them in there. Uh, there may be some that think that they are all that, but uh, God did not call us because of our, our strengths and our talents and our abilities. God called us because we needed calling. We needed a help. We needed to get out of our situation because God let us make choices and make decisions in our own life, and we ended up in a bad place. And so God uh, saw our situation and our need, and he said, I will come to you because you need my help. Deuteronomy 7, he's talking to the nation of Israel and also symbolically talking to us uh, Gentiles. For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself. Above all people that are upon the face of the earth. And so the, the people of God are above all the other people on the earth. And so I'm thankful uh, that we are blessed to be the people of God. That means in God's eyes, we're the best people on the earth. And I know in our own fleshly eyes, we've already said God already knew that. Verse 7, the Lord uh, did not set his love upon you, nor chose you, because ye were more in number than any people, for ye were fewest of all people. 
But because the Lord loved you, and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath, brought, hath the Lord brought you out of the mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of the bondman from the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And that applies to Israel, but uh, uh, the bondman in our life is sin. And God delivered us out of our sinful life and uh, uh, brought us into the kingdom of God. God called us not because of our greatness, but because of our weakness did he call us. He called us not because his kingdom would not survive without us. No, but he called us because we wouldn't survive without being in his kingdom. He called us not because of our strengths, but because we were weak and we needed a savior. I'm so grateful that God called us and that we answered the call in our life. Because if we done that, we can give him praise and glory because it's all about him and his name. When God places a calling on an individual, the calling is activated when that person does one thing. Many are called, but few are chosen. And many are called, but only a few people activate the calling in their life. And without doing this one thing, this primary thing, their calling will become dormant and become covered with the dust of this world. What is this one thing? Leviticus 20 and 22. Ye shall therefore keep all my statutes and all my judgments and do them, that the land whither I bring you to dwell therein spew you not out. And ye shall not walk in the manners of the nation, uh, which I cast out before you, for they committed all these things, and therefore I abhorred them. But I have said unto you, ye shall inherit their land, and I will give it unto you to possess it, a land that floweth with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God, which have separated you from other people. The one thing that identifies a child of God from all the other people on the earth is the separation that God calls us to. Separation from your nation. Doesn't matter what nation it is, God calls us to be separate from every nation on the earth. Uh, separation from your world, from its customs, from its social, uh, societal norms, from its lifestyle and its looks. God calls us to be separate from the world. And if God is going to call somebody for his glory and place his name upon that person, the one thing that they must do, the one thing that they have to do, where there's no bargaining, there's no compromising, there's no negotiating, the one thing that we have to do is to separate ourselves from all other people. Why? It's because we are being called by his name. He is separating us for his glory. That he wants us all for himself and he does not want to share us with anybody else because he is a jealous God. And if he's calling us by his name and has created us for his glory, then we had better separate ourselves and get away from the rest of this world uh, so that we can do our purpose and that is to bring him glory. Abram, I've, I've got a calling for you. 
Abram, I've got a land that I want to give to you. Abram, I, I will make a nation out of you. But in order for you to see it, in order for it to come to pass, you're going to have to separate yourself. Leave your father's house. Leave the house. Leave the comforts of the city life. Leave behind their customs and their cares and their belief systems and come and be with me. I know it, it might not be what you wanted. I know you would prefer uh, a different life that is lavished by your likes and your preferences. But I've called you by my name. And I've created you for my glory, which means the critical characteristic of your calling is separation. Because without you separating, you're just like everybody else. And God doesn't deal with normalcy. He doesn't deal with just normal average things and, and average people. God wants his people to be a peculiar people, a, a holy nation, one that is set apart, one that is exalted above everybody else. Uh, uh, his name is not like any other name. His glory is not like any other glory. And so his name is so special. His glory is so pure that you have to separate yourself in order to experience it. Moses, I know you grew up in a palace. I know you grew up in the most powerful nation of all the earth. I know that you had to go to the gym just to stay in shape so that you could be able to carry all that gold that Egypt gives you. I know that when you would sweep your, the dust from your palace chamber, you could go and buy a vehicle with all that gold dust. But Moses, I have called you by my name, and I have created you for my glory, but you're going to have to separate yourself from your nation, from your palace, from your riches, and come and be with me. You're going to have to give up your palace in order to live in a tent. You're going to have to give up your stone walls and, and insulated walls and buildings in order to live in a dry tent in the dry desert the rest of your life. I know you'd rather live in the luxuries that Egypt has, but I'm calling you, Moses, by my name for my glory. And if that means you've got to live in a tent in the wilderness the rest of your life, that's what you get. Will you separate yourself and come and follow me? You'll have to give up gold floors and fixtures for dirt floors. You'll lose all of those luxuries if you separate for my name's sake. But if you come out from among them and be ye separate, my glory that you will see will turn your very face into gold. 
You'll have to cover your face, Moses, because it'll shine even brighter than all the Egyptian gold out there because you've been in my presence and you've been, you separated yourself away from the, the impurities of this world and you've dwelt in my presence so long that your face begins to glow. That's something that Egypt cannot give you. But yet you have to put down the gold bars of Egypt in order to walk to the mountaintop to be with God. Separation is key. Separation is critical with God. He knows it's not what we would like or what we would normally choose. But His glory demands a separation. His glory demands us to get away from the wickedness of this world and say, God, lead me into your pure presence. His name requires us to separate ourselves. And His Spirit expects us to separate from uncleanliness of this world. 2 Corinthians says, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what, what communion has light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? And, or, or what hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? And for ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. If we separate ourselves, he will receive us. If we detach from this world, he will draw us even closer to him. Separation is sacrifice, and we have to give up a lot of things to detach from this world, but the blessings are going to outnumber what we can receive in this life. The glory of God is greater than any gold that this world can provide. We have to separate ourselves and God will draw us to places we've never seen before. Separation is a sacrifice and I think we probably remind God frequently about that. Give up a lot of things according to this world, a lot of our likes, a lot of our preferences. But isn't God's glory worth it? Isn't his presence worth giving up all that foolishness and all that temporary stuff for something that is eternal? You cannot substitute the peace that his spirit provides. You cannot uh, substitute the power that God fills us with to deliver us out of our situations. Nothing can, can compare to the power and presence of God. And so why should we even complain? about what we have to give up in this life. Isn't God's glory greater than any of our selfish gain? Isn't his name greater than our name or whatever we could amount it to? And Then why do we drag our feet on our way out? Why do we pitch a fit like my girls do? And we ask them to do something and they don't want to do it. And their body instantly becomes limber and lifeless and they just... I can't move. They collapse on the ground, and, and they're just too tired to walk now. And they just can't do it. And uh, now they, or they'll run and grab a hold of your, your legs and, and almost trip you over because they're throwing a fit and crying and screaming. 
or they'll lay on the floor in silent protest and won't move. Or if they do, they're just kind of scooting an inch at a time because they don't want to do it. Clearly, they don't like hearing what I have to say, and it doesn't align with their preferences. And they're trying to conform me to their will, and I'm trying to conform them to my will. And so it's a battle. We laugh. We've done the same thing with God, and maybe we still do. Hopefully not, but maybe we do. When he asks us to do something or, or to stop doing something or, or because it doesn't align with his word and, and because the calling of God is a calling of separation, get away from your old wants and your own cares and your own desires. Separate yourself from your nation, from your world. Separate yourself from your kingdom, from what you like and dislike, from what you think should happen or should not happen. We don't have to separate, not just separation from sin. That's, that's basic level stuff. The advanced and expert level of living for God is when we got to start learning to separate ourselves from ourselves. Separate our, our, our spirit from this fleshly carnal desire that, that is enmity with God and wants to do everything opposite that the word says to do. Because it's not about us anymore. Because once God calls us and we respond to the call and separate ourselves, we are saying goodbye to our whole life. Because the life that he offers us is greater than our life. And I know we know that. It's easy to say it, but it's a lot harder to live it. Because we still think our life is worth something. His name is so much greater than our name. And so therefore our separation and our sacrifice is for one thing only. It's for his name's sake and it's for his glory. Once we start trying to make it about something else, we're, 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 we're losing our way. Romans 1 and 1, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Paul had his own life going. He had his own way. He had his own plans and his own uh, aspirations. But he was called to be an apostle. And then God said, separate yourself from your own life, from your own visions, your own uh, accomplishments that you want to do. And so Paul says and declares in the opening verse of Romans that he is a servant of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 7, 22, For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant is the Lord's free man, likewise also he that is called being free is Christ's servant. And So it seems to be that if we are called of the Lord, if we are called by his name, then we are called to be a servant. We have been called by his name and created for his glory. And by separating ourselves from our world and our kingdom, then we, in essence, become a servant of Christ. The last time I checked, a servant doesn't have any opinions. A servant doesn't say, no, Lord, I like this instead. 
A servant doesn't say, no, Lord, I want to do this instead, or I'd rather do this, or I want to do this or go here. A servant that has been called and separated for use by his Lord just kind of stands there and says, yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, Lord, will do, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, sir, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because a servant knows that he has been separated from his life, separated from his cares and his wants, separated from his preferences because it's all about his Lord's kingdom now. His Lord, it's all about his, what his Lord cares for, what his Lord wants. It's all about his Lord's preferences. He left his preferences at the door when he came into the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? In order to receive the Spirit of God, you had to give yourself to God. And therefore now, you are no longer your own. There's no take backs. Well, there is, but it doesn't work out well. If we are not our own, why do we still think that we can have a say in whatever God wants to do in our life? Why do we still let him know our thoughts and opinions when he has called us to separate ourselves and just just be obedient, just be a good servant, a good faithful servant? Yet we still think that we have a say in everything he wants us to do. Musicians, if you would come. We are not our own, verse 20, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. If you haven't realized this yet, your body now belongs to God. Your spirit belongs to God. You are not your own. You are bought with a price. Uh, and if you are bought with a price and your body's not yours, your spirit's not yours, then I don't think your opinion really matters to God because he bought you. You go out and you buy a car from the car lot. You think the car, you care what the car has to say about say to you or what the car's opinions are? That's, you, that's your vehicle. You bought that. And so uh, we have become a servant uh, uh, of Jesus Christ. And so... Uh, Our body belongs to him. Our spirit belongs to him. Everything that we are belongs to him uh, because it's only by his spirit are we even alive. How can we be alive if if we are crucified with Christ, if if we are dead? The only thing that should be alive in us is the spirit of Christ. Uh, And so uh, if everything that we have belongs to God, uh, our only job is to glorify God with what we have. He's let us keep our bodies, and maybe we want in an exchange program, but we have what we have, and we are commanded to glorify God. I don't know if you if you uh, ever had to rent a car, fill all that paperwork, and decline all those. Uh, extra options that they want to quadruple your bill with. 
but whenever uh, I get a rental car, I don't necessarily drive it like I drive my own car. I'm a little bit extra more careful with a rental car than I am with my car because I know I have to return that car. And if they find something on there that wasn't on there, I'm responsible. And so that since I declined all those things, I'm really responsible. And so if, uh, if we treat our rental cars really, really nice and our body is not ours, then I guess we're just renting this body from God. And so maybe uh, we need to treat our bodies like a rental car and because it's not our own. Our body is not ours. And say, God, come and get this and give me a new one. Give me an upgrade. I'm due for an upgrade, Lord. So the easiest and best way to glorify God in our bodies and in our spirit and everything that belongs to him now, the easiest and best way to do that is to separate ourselves from this world and our life. Come out from among the world. Get away from all the distractions and don't get caught up in the cares of this life. Because if we separate ourselves from all of that, then we can, we can be free to seek out God and to seek out his will. And if we're doing that, we will give him glory and honor and praise. And we will live the life that God has called us to be. Why? Because we separated ourselves from the rest of this world. Because separation is the key characteristic of our calling. Without separation, we're no different than anybody else. Separation means that I have no say in it. Separation means my opinion doesn't matter. Separation means I'm giving up my way for God's way. And when we don't, we, when we don't value the call to be separate... What happens is we start looking back. God's calling us out, and when we don't, we don't, we don't value the separation, we start looking back at our old life and the, uh, the things of this life, and we start looking at the world around us, and we, we start paying attention to everybody else who doesn't go to church and what they do and what they, uh, where they go and what they get to do and all the things that we don't get to do. And, and then the devil starts to take note. Because we keep on uh, looking backwards, and pretty soon we're walking backwards, walking. We're not facing where God's calling us forward. We're, we're walking backwards and looking at our old life. The devil starts to whisper in our ears, say stuff like, look at all that that you're missing out on. Look at all that you have to give up for God, and what do you get out of it? Look at all that you're missing out of. You, you really aren't free because you can't do those things. You're really, not to free, you're really not free to enjoy what your body craves. You aren't free to do what your heart really wants to do, what you really want to do. And if he speaks in your ear long enough, he'll say, just go ahead and try it. Just try that one little thing that, you've been told you shouldn't be doing. Try that one little thing that pastor preached that you shouldn't do and let's see if God will strike you dead. And Adam and Eve take a bite and they're still alive. Didn't happen like they thought it would happen. The truth is the more that we do what we want, 
the more that we begin to separate ourselves from God and start heading back to Ur the Chaldees. Abraham starts heading back. The more he, uh, the more he tells God uh, uh, and, and reminds him of all that he gave up back in the city, and the more he yearns for that, the, the more he starts headed in that direction. The more we begin to separate ourselves from God, when we begin to talk about what we want and our likes and preferences, we start heading back to our own kingdom because separation unto God means that I have no say and I still want to have a say in my life in the kingdom of God. And so as people who are called by his name, we had better learn to love separation. And learn to silence the voice of our fleshly heart because it speaks up every single day and tries to remind us of our old life and uh, the carnal desires that this world provides. Because if we don't love separation, then we're not going to fight for it. If we don't love separation, then we're not going to stand for it. If we don't love separation, then we're not going to resist the temptation to give in and to blend in with the world and to not stand out. Because separation means that we are standing out. And we stand out because we are called to bring Him glory. And we stand out for his name's sake. If you stand with me tonight. You remember when your life was ruled by your opinion and your preferences. When you did what you want and when you went where you wanted to go and you did what you wanted to do. All without regard to God's word. I have come to the realization and hopefully that you have too, is that when my flesh wants something, it's not going to bring glory to God. When my wicked and deceitful heart tries to lead me to do something and tries to convince me it's what you should have and what you should do because it's, it's your body it's your life. When my flesh and my deceitful heart does that, I've come to learn that God's not going to get any glory out of that. When my flesh has an opinion and wants to speak up, it ain't for his name's sake. I'm looking out for my name. Which is absurd because in the kingdom of God, my name really doesn't exist. And nobody knows my name in the kingdom of God because it's nowhere to be found because the only name that has any worth is the name of Jesus. The name that saved me. The name that called us. The name that told us to come out from among them and be ye separate. That's the only name that really matters in our life now. And that's the name by which we were called. And we are called to give glory to that name. And when there's an all night prayer meeting and my flesh says, I don't want to go to that. 
I'd rather be in my nice comfy bed. And the spirit inside of me says, well, flesh, I didn't ask for your opinion because I know it's not going to give God any glory. Problem is we, we listen to our flesh a lot. And it's, it's great ideas because, we, man, it just appeals right to our heart, our carnal heart. And so, because the Word of God says that we are to glorify God in our body. And sometimes glorifying God with our body means to drag this carcass kicking and screaming and drag it to a prayer meeting because that's going to give God glory. Even though our flesh doesn't want to go, our spirit says we got to glorify God. We're called by His name and we are created for His purpose and His glory because I don't need any more flesh. I just need more separation from this world. I need more separation from this flesh and this carnal nature because separation means that I'm getting closer to God. Separation means I'm getting more in His presence separation means that I'm leaving behind my old ways and my own desires and I'm reaching forward to the power and the presence of God that he has for me oh we are called out we are called to separate ourselves and I hope and I pray that you would drag your flesh tomorrow night to the prayer meeting because we all know our flesh does not want to come but if we bring it here, that means we're doing something to give God glory. And when we sacrifice to separate ourselves from our will for His will, God's going to show up in your life. God will pour out His Spirit upon your life. God will give you what you need. He'll help deliver you from whatever it is you're dealing with. He'll break down the barriers in your life if we are willing to separate ourselves from what our flesh wants and what our will wants and what our world wants. And as we begin to sing the song tonight, we can just close our eyes. We can just search our heart and say, God, help me, Lord, to silence the voice of my flesh, to tune out the, my own opinions to your will and your kingdom, God. Help me, Lord, to separate myself from this world and from my own kingdom, God, that you may get the glory in my life. Hallelujah, Jesus. Because your name is greater than my name. Sing with me. We are called by your name. We are created to bring you glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. How great. We are not our own. We were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God and your with your body. Well, let's give him some glory. Worship him as we were designed to.
lift up the name of Jesus. Let's exalt the name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Help us, Lord, to bring you praise and glory with our life, with our bodies, with everything that we do, God. We are called to give you praise for your name's sake. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. If you want to study a people that did not learn how to separate from their cares and wants and separate from their own life, read the people that God delivered out of Egypt across the Red Sea, saw the miracles, signs, and wonders, all that God had did, done in their lives. And what do they do? What do they just keep comparing their current life to their life in, Israel, in Egypt and say, it's better we had gone back to Egypt and be slaves. At least we get some food and we get nourishment. It's better we go back to Egypt. And they kept, they could not separate themselves from Egypt and their, their own cares and wants. And so the people that can't do that, they never get to see the promised land. They just wander in the wilderness until their time is up. I want to answer the call of God on my life. And with God's help and His grace, we can separate ourselves from this life and from our own kingdom that we used to build and that we were the king and queen of. That's the hardest to separate ourselves from. But we can do all things through Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's go and give God glory in everything that we do. And we